Greg Farrell is the president and CEO of Farrell Wealth and is a registered representative with and securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA, SIPC insurance products offered through LPL Financial or its licensed affiliates. The opinions of Greg and his guests are merely opinions. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. All right, good morning. The show's Money Matters with Greg. I'm Greg Farrell, CEO and President of Farrell Wealth. I'm a registered financial advisor, and we talk money on this show. Uh, thanks to Greg Kovach here for being the engineer running the show. And we're going to go about a half an hour here talking about uh, what's going on in the stock market. We're going to talk about 2018 and see if we can help you out uh, to make you some money and uh, direct where you need to be looking uh, here in the future. So uh, that's our game plan today. We're going to go about, uh, like I said, about a half an hour. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, um, LinkedIn. You can reach, uh, email me at greg at feralwealth.com. It's F-A-R-R-A-L-L-W-E-A-L-T-H.com with questions, uh, anything you have uh, financial. Basically, that's what we talk about here. The show was started a couple years ago, uh, really is a financial literacy show uh, to just sort of uh, help you out, teach, and uh, maybe uh, bring some things uh, to you and your family that uh, will um, give you some value and uh, hopefully make you some money over time, maybe save you some money uh, along the way, and um, sort of talk about some of the things that we see out there in our world, in the world, and the finance world as to what uh, is affecting uh, the overall market, uh, your investments, whether it be real estate, uh, you know, different asset classes out there as far as commodities, gold, silver, uh, platinum, palladium, you name it. Um, we talk about them all here, and uh, we have many, many questions from a number of our um, number of our listeners. That uh, are, 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 it's really great that everyone's able to uh, write in, be a part of it, and. Uh, Certainly ask questions. So you can find us on Twitter, at uh, Feral Wealth, and you can also find us on iTunes. Uh, we have uh, over 80 episodes or so up there uh, on uh, podcast and uh, a number of different things from taxes to um, patent attorneys talking about how to be able to protect yourself in regards to uh, overall patents and also uh, real estate, mortgage brokers, you name it. We've had a lot of different guests to talk about different things. So um, excited to be able to bring to you a show today uh, that mainly uh, just sort of reviews what, what happened last week in the market and then ultimately um, talk about uh, where to invest here in the future. So uh, last week, the NASDAQ uh, continued to uh, continue to move higher. The S&P index, Dow, last Friday was little changed, but uh, really there's a focus uh, on uh, the jobs report and the jobs report was really solid. So um, European stocks sort of reversed after an early strength of uh, overall, but uh, Europe is definitely surprised as well, especially the banking side of Europe. There was a report that just recently came out about uh, some of the enthusiasm in regards to the banking side of things. Um, as much as uh, the geopolitical side of things is uh, nervous about Northern Korea, Japan has been just on a tear um, the Nikkei again was it snapped an eight-day decline, um, with uh, was up 1.4 percent. Uh, the Hang Seng was up 0.3, and uh, really just sort of bucking the trend of the fear that's going on as far as uh, 
uh, worrying about uh, what might happen if something might happen um, with a, a nuclear bomb. There was a trial in Japan that happened. Uh, over, I think, 11 million people participated in a, um, an actual uh, simulated uh, strike. And so uh, what would they do in regards to protection and, and uh, um, a number of uh, different cities and outlying cities of Tokyo uh, took, took part in that. So it is real and it is very scary. And, uh, but the market just seems to be shrugging it off as if uh, di diplomacy will work. So we're hopeful that that will happen in regards to that and far, as far as regards to your overall um, your overall investments. On the S&P side, last week uh, there was a four straight sessions, a down sessions last week. Government funding bill is certainly uh, in focus here. It's December 8th, uh, was looming. Uh, they obviously pushed things uh, down the line here. That was definitely on everyone's mind in regards to the market. Uh, technology certainly rebounded in the lead uh, uh, in the lead sector, it was a lead sector performer because consumer staples, utilities uh, also outperformed last week, offering a defensive tone, and energy was down 1.3%, which is the biggest decliner uh, across the board. Right now, there is some – the big talk in our world as far as the investment side of things is the, uh, the flattening of the yield curve. Uh, that is a recessionary conversation. Um, that has not happened yet, and there's really not a lot of fear about that, but it is brought up on almost every single financial channel right now in regards to uh, something to talk about. So flattening the yield curve is something to watch. We will be watching that, and we'll be bringing that to you as uh, time goes on. But going into 2018, I want to talk about our expectations of where we're going to see the market, what we're expecting uh, in regards to uh, – the overall returns of the S&P 500 and, and overall returns uh, and where to put your money uh, here, in the, here in the near future. The things that we're going to be watching in the near term, uh, tax reform bill uh, that goes into conference, that is something we continue to see the expectations of the House and the Senate to successfully reconcile their bills, get a version to President Trump by year end. Um, it's debatable about how much in the news of the news is really is priced in uh, to the overall market and details are not final at all. But based on intramarket movements, uh, our sense is that there's really a, uh, it's maybe more tax related gains and intramarket rotation to come uh, when the final bill is passed into law and digested by the marketplace. So we're going to be seeing what and how that in, uh, what that entails in regards to uh, – it's very difficult right now to see exactly or make a play or a trade or a movement in regards to your assets um, based on what we see today because m much of the things that are in uh, – still being debated are, are going to conference. So uh, the second thing we're going to be watching in the near term was the fear of the shutdown. Uh, we expect a short-term resolution, um, and that looks like it happened to extend the government funding. Uh, to avoid a shutdown. Neither party wants to be blamed for a shutdown. So the fact that the Republicans need Democrat votes uh, introduces some sort of risk uh, overall. But even if the government does shut down temporarily, we do not expect the impact of the tax reform or even have meaningful market uh, or economic impact 
which would be consistent with history. It's nothing to – it's more of a, uh, uh, a media tone or a media uh, spike in something to be able to report. But uh, for the most part, the market has actually behaved itself pretty well in, in regards to shutdowns. Areas of potential compromise – uh, with all of this, include immigration, uh, defense, the ACA, children's health insurance, and uh, the expiration date of December 22nd or December 30th on the string of deals to get uh, past New Year's. So we'll see how this all shakes out. We'll be watching it and bring it to you uh, as, as we can. The last thing in the near term we're watching is U.S. dollar facing headwinds and tailwinds. Uh, we believe global monetary policy dynamics, interest rate differentials, and potential U.S. fiscal policy impacts will put the greenback higher uh, versus uh, major currencies, uh, particularly uh, the euro and the yen. And the dollar does face some headwinds, uh, so sort of yin and yang, I guess. This includes a possibility that global interest rates uh, differentials will sort of close because of monetary policy divergence that is already priced in. Uh, so what that means is uh, many of the uh, countries, especially Europe, are still um, keeping their rates low on purpose, and that uh, looks like it will be changing. Who knows how fast that will be. In the United States, uh, we mentioned this in the last show, Goldman Sachs came out with a great report uh, that they always do. They do some really great job, a really great job in their overall research. And one of the things that they talked about was, uh, and they mentioned, was – there are going to be four uh, interest rate hikes in 2018, which seems aggressive, but uh, that's their call, and uh, that's what they do. So um, we'll see how that happens. But uh, in regards to monetary policy divergences sort of being priced in in the market uh, overseas, this synchronized global economic expansion could also be a dollar negative as growth and really is sort of broadened out globally. So we're going to keep an eye on the dollar. It certainly matters to all of us, especially as uh, um, to our businesses uh, that are internationally based, maybe have international sales uh, in regards to the currency. Uh, Obviously, the stronger the dollar, it affects the stronger or weaker the dollar. It affects everything in regards to your business. Um, With that, the last here, just talking about the last 20 minutes in the show, shows Money Matter Greg, Greg Farrell, C, President of Registered Financial Advisor. And we talk um, money on this show. So when you do have any questions, please reach out to us on Twitter. We'll talk to you individual questions about uh, what you're saying with uh, uh, talking and help you out. Hey, we're talking teen stock. Look, so what if I have to build 2005. Um, 2018, going backwards. 2018 is forward. Um, the S5 hope is um, to make stronger and has been obvious this last year. Thanks to the global growth that's out there and potential or corporate tax rate like that, um, we're seeing an 8 to 10 percent in 100 percent. So rather keep it one of those divergent and turn. Now, here we were seeing big percent you're wrong. Um, but uh, speaking thing in regards to of earnings and as far as the voluntary, 2008 is going to be really a nice sort of base uh, for fundamental stock market gains in 2018. With, if we can focus on the business fundamentals and the impact of fiscal policy, the return of business cycle will mean that earnings growth may have to – may can, can continue to push um, a load of stocks that are going to produce attractive returns in 2018. Now, the good news is the S&P 500 
may be well positioned to generate earnings growth at or near double-digit uh, returns thanks to the combination of better economic growth and potentially lower corporate tax rates. Despite some possible downward pressure on profit margins or higher wages from higher wages, which we really haven't seen yet, and that's uh, the big discussion is when do we see wage growth. And that's what the Fed wants. They want to be able to see wage growth. But we also expect the stock market's price-to-earnings multiple, and that's at 19.5 times trailing earnings to hold steady or even drop slightly in 2018 as the economic cycle sort of ages. Um, it's, uh, in this run, this bull run's been uh, over eight years going now. Inflation uh, picks up modestly, and the central bank policy is going to tighten. So um, hoping or at least seeing that you'll see the price-to-earnings ratio as far as the expense of many of these companies that are out there, and let's be honest, America's uh, companies are seem stock prices are very expensive. So the, those sorts of things as far as uh, the P.E. ratio, the price-to-earnings ratio that we watch, and that's at 19.5 times earnings, will pretty much stay about the same, if not go down. At least that's our call. Um, risks to our stock market forecast uh, overall include Congress uh, failing to pass any tax agreement. And this looks like this is a low risk uh, after the Senate passage over, the, over this past weekend um, from last week. The, potentially, uh, the potential policy mistake by a central bank um, or the political uncertainty around the midterm elections certainly can affect uh, the call. But let's talk about earnings. Earnings could be stronger than ever. Uh, after three straight years of 2014-2016, a basically flat S&P operating uh, earnings at around $118 per share, consensus estimates project that $131 earnings per share of, uh, for 2017 – and $146 per share for 2018. Earnings are supported by better economic growth, including a pickup in business spending and robust uh, manufacturing activity um, normalized by, and normalized inflation. So if inflation is the same and companies continue to keep on doing what they're doing, uh, earnings obviously will go up. You're looking at stable operating margins overall, and even with some modest wage and other input cost pressures, they still look really, really good as far as earnings go. And that's one of the things that we look at in all the stocks we analyze is how are the earnings and what are, what is, what are the potential earnings to be able to, uh, you know, for the future. Now, should tax reform or even just a lowered corporate tax rate be achieved, and it looks like the 20% is going to come in. So businesses will have the ability to be able to plan ahead, even if even if it doesn't come into the team to plan ahead. Get another 5 to 6% boost on top of everything else that's going on. So that puts the numbers above the conservative share. And that put a pull, it could, be, could be even better. Um, any business, if they get offered an, a 5 to 6% boost in earnings, uh, would take it uh, year over year. So... To break that down, a favorable microeconomic uh, backdrop really supports mid to high single-digit earnings gains for the next year. Uh, consistent with the long-term trends, um, resulting in our forecast of the 8 to 10% growth, roughly $142 or $143 for the S&P 500. Um, forecast does not include 
any uh, direct impact from the tax bill because passage is not assured this time, although it's likely. Um, and the final details, uh, you know, certainly remain unclear, but we'll see, like, just like I mentioned before. But we really identify an earnings growth in the 13 to 16% range as the potential, as the upside potential we may see from the tax reform, which is huge. So, um, however that looks, uh, I'm just telling you, things look pretty bright uh, in regards to companies, uh, their overall consensus of growth in earnings, and the ability to see the future. Uh, as long as nothing happens here in the next few weeks, um, pending uh, a complete debacle, uh, this looks uh, this looks pretty good. A focus on so some other leaders to turn to in regards to where are we going and where to, to be looking. This is one thing that I didn't get a chance in the last show to be able to get, to get into. So I want to be able to talk about the focus on business fundamentals and that impact on the fiscal co- policy. They're going to have implications as to the size of the, uh, the, the equity leadership across you know size, style, sectors, and overall geography. So you want to be looking at where who's going to benefit the most. So and that would be, uh, hands down, small caps. A small cap opportunity. So since the initial post-election rally in late 2016, small caps have really had a difficult time keeping up with the strong performance of the large caps. Uh, they've completely underperformed. And they have not done uh, the job in keeping up with the large cap. And it, this is all until at least September 2017. When prospects for this tax reform began to improve, and as they just got a little better, a little bit better, small caps started to really start to to turn around. And if you think about it, if you're a large corporation and you have um, an entire, uh, let's say, uh, stable of uh, lawyers and tax attorneys to be able to help you, the Googles, the Facebooks, the big tech companies uh, that – basically pay a lower tax anyway because they have the ability to be able to pay for ways to be able to figure out how to lower and minimize their taxes. Well, if you're a smaller company, you don't necessarily have that ability. So small caps generally pay higher tax rates than large caps. Uh, That just is what it is. So we really estimate that that to be a 5% higher on average. So any potential tax reform could benefit this group significantly by the 5%. You add on that ability to be able to increase your earnings by 5 to 6% we talked about before, and you're talking about a, a, a great opportunity to look towards small caps and making sure that you are probably overweight, adding to, and uh, thinking about your small cap positions in regards to your overall assets. As this monetary policy bill uh, ball sort of is handled off to the you know, that, that fiscal policy ball as we move, um, down the line, we're talking about infrastructure and we're talking about managing the budget for uh, the first time in a, in a very long time. A more typical business cycle sort of emerges, and small cap performance uh, will benefit uh, without a doubt. So that hinges on the White House um, and Republicans uh, reaching a tax deal uh, that can get passed through Congress. And the, the small cap, which really, which are more domestically oriented companies, they're also in a better position to sort of weather a potential stronger dollar uh, due to their uh, higher proportion of domestic revenue. 
if you make more money in this country and you don't necessarily have to worry about currency risk uh, in regards to being an international company, uh, then uh, that's a positive for you too. So the technicals are also supportive of small caps. Uh, the trend for small cap performance relative to large cap performance is favorable. They are cheaper, uh, suggesting small caps may really be poised to outperform uh, large caps in 2018. So we'll see. But if I were to pull out a crystal ball, I would go small caps uh, overweight uh, to your uh, to your overall large caps. And we see now the risk. Uh, so I always like to be able to talk about the risk. And so we see the growth. But w- what about the risk? Is It's related to the age of the business cycle is being manageable at this stage. But small caps may underperform should a potential stock market correction materialize. Of course, it's going to happen in regards to, you know, sell one, sell all, right? But it's also important to keep in mind that the prices of small caps stocks are generally more volatile than the large cap stocks. Obviously, if you have plugging and chugging um, large caps uh, that keep on keeping on and return a dividend and whatnot, uh, there's certainly supposedly less volatile. You can ask uh, that the owners of any GE stock or General Electric stock this, this year uh, what it's like to own uh, a, a plugger and chugger and a boring stock that ultimately has been down uh, considerably. But uh, that's that just is what it is. So um, just be aware that you're looking at adding more volatility to your portfolio. It obviously is a riskier type situation. But as far as um, in regards to where we're looking to see who's going to benefit the most, small caps would be that. Um, and in regards to style, look, let's talk about growth versus value here. There's a big argument always uh, every single year. Does growth outperform value? Does value outperform growth? And it's been um, – it's it's been yin and yang every single year. Is more often than not, it's been growth, and growth has been on a roll uh, without a doubt, outperforming value significantly so far in 2017. Look, the leadership is nothing new. Uh, as growth has outpaced value consistently for over a decade, um, which has been one of the longest periods of growth outperformance in history, you really start thinking about well, where does that ultimately uh, stop, and are we going to continue to roll or not? As markets return from this more to this more traditional business cycle driver, which means you know we're not printing any money anymore, we're looking at raising rates. We have a tax policy in place that's favorable and more favorable than where it was before, and we know what it is as a business. Uh, as business owners, we certainly know um, what. Uh, you know what we're in for in regards to anticipating and being able to plan. Several dynamics may contribute to the better environment of value stocks. So this value style tends to perform better when economic growth accelerates, uh, which we expect to see in 2018. So especially if fiscal stimulus is put in place and the corporate tax rates are lowered, uh, the gradual sort of acceleration, I guess, since the first quarter of 2017 is really not benefited value. So this does suggest that it could still um, could still be uh, on its way. So higher interest rates as growth and inflation uh, picks up and a potentially steeper yield curve uh, may also support better value performance in traditional value plays such as financials, um, while strength in technology, the biggest growth sector, may sort of moderate even after the sector sort of outper- has been outperforming everyone's expectations uh, in regards to 2017. So more favorable fa- factors for the small caps than large or the tax policy, uh, lower corporate tax rates, 
Um, the meat repatriation uh, that's uh, on board, uh, certainly that will benefit large caps because many of those companies that are large cap have a ton of money overseas. You talk about uh, stock market sensitivity, the difference between uh, small cap is certainly much more volatile. Cyclical sector leadership is much more small cap driven. Uh, rising interest rates is, is going to benefit uh, the larger caps versus the small caps. U.S. dollar, as far as if that is going higher, that's going to benefit small caps. And then valuations, um, certainly uh, right now, we start looking at some of the sectors that are involved. We expect to see uh, many of the cyclical sectors to outperform their defensive counterparts. And these would, these would include financials. Um, and these may benefit from that acceleration in loan growth, uh, deregulation, and a steeper yield curve as a monetary policy stimulus is removed. As interest rates rise, obviously that's really positive. We look at industrials, they may fit from a stronger, uh, stronger global economic and spend. And uh, increase uh, in government defense as well. So, uh, those increased industrials will be uh, Then look at technology. Technology has been a business ending, innovation as sector's uh, role as product, uh, productivity. Um, we're always looking at tech and, and real estate. I think in asset class, only a number of different things in regards to portfolio. Certainly, always have industrials, finance, and volatile, uh, whether it be a large app, big, small But what I did today talk about. Um, how we deal with it. In regard to region, the real regional favor that's an emerging market overall. Uh, emerging overdeveloped formats, I guess, uh, broadly. If not, Japan, at least, it looks like it finally turned around. Uh, we're in the question of the growth. Um, Earth, that all favors U.S. emerging markets. Uh, Japan, China, over Europe. Revaluation, we see U.S. and M have the most favorable risk war. Uh, we've been getting about market here, show around difference, and just say, you know, to start getting your toe in the shallow end of the pool or the emerging market, there is value there. It is involved, so you're going to have to be very careful in regards to uh, how much risk you're willing to be able to take. But possible, we always su- suggest hedging currency exposure in the market, which would make uh, these markets more attractive. Um, and really, uh, since we've given the expectation that dollar is going to rise. So that is um, that our 2018 Where to Go uh, Ideas. Uh, hopefully that helps you in regards to the show coming up here uh, real close to the end show. Um, I want to mention that uh, report and winning ideas come from, from LPL Reach. Uh, you can find them on Twitter, LPL Research. They uh, post uh, many different things out there. I highly recommend PL Brother uh, at uh, Fairwealth. And uh, the uh, department is uh, absolutely fantastic. So I highly recommend uh, that you uh, check it out. If you want the report that uh, I referenced today, it is the 2018 Mark Look. Uh, please contact me, email me, Greg Fairwealth, or reach to Twitter Fairwealth. Um, that's your day. Greg, for CEO, President of and Wealth Firm, advisor. We have events, uh, a number of states uh, out there. And if you need questions, reading, please just reach out. And I am matter, I just search right to find a Twitter link. Uh, available is DLB uh, 3.1M. The show is slowly, you know, okay, you just add it on. So if you're in an advertiser or show, um, don't have to reach to a 2946. And that's it. I want to everybody listening. And thank you for being out there. We're going to do a tag week. I hope you have a probably week. Well, we'll see you next Fair President CEO of Earl is a resident with and dirty off through Yell Angel. Memphis ID turns out our three point old life fills. He's a ring and gas early. I'll division your advice and make their devices.